This episode of Tub Talk is brought to you by Avast Business. With over 435 million active users of Avast products, if you haven't already taken a look at what Avast Business is offering, now might be the time. Visit tubblog.co.uk forward slash Avast for all the links to the details. Right now, though, let's jump into our featured interview. Hey folks, Richard Tubb here, and my guest today is one of my oldest friends from the MSP industry. He's also my go-to expert for all things PSA, Professional Service Automation. Um, He's a South African who makes his home now in the UK, and he's somebody who ran a a successful managed service provider business in London until he was headhunted by one of the major MSP vendors, Autotask, to help Autotask establish what is now a real thriving and successful UK office. So since 2006, he's been the technical director of Ipswich-based Sondela Consulting, and now he independently helps MSPs to align their business processes with their PSA tool. Chris Tim, my old mate, great to have you on TubTalk. Hi, nice to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Cool. So we find you in Ipswich today. I'm at home in Newcastle upon Tyne. Um, yeah, we've both ended up in completely different places to where we started off. Me from Birmingham, you from um, uh, you from South Africa. Uh, tell us about your journey getting getting across there to Ipswich. Yeah. So um, so actually, as you know, I sort of had an MSP business around about the same time you did. So that was around about 2003. Um, I sold that business in 2012. Um, and as you said, I was headhunted by um, by Autotask, so went on to work for them. Um, that business was based in in Basingstoke in Hampshire. Um, and then when I left Autotask, I then started out on my own as Sundella Consulting to offer um, training and consulting services to to MSPs and help them to get the best out of their PSA solutions. Um, and then, as you say, I, I was based somewhere else. I'm now in, in actually in Bury St. Edmunds, which is close to Ipswich. Ah, so um, I called you Ipswich, Bury St. Edmunds, <laughs> apologies. <laughs> and the reason I, I, I came up here was, was mainly for love, really. So I actually got married um, just actually in September this year um, and got engaged on Christmas Day last year. So, uh, yeah, oh, so that's, that's why I'm up to this side of the world. Congratulations. So you and I, uh, I got married September two uh, two years ago. Now, I should be more sure about that. But yeah, September two years ago, moved from Birmingham to Newcastle-upon-Tyne. You moved from down south and you've moved up to uh, Bury St. Edmunds. So there we go. We're uh, two post-MSP people who have got married and started lives in new parts of the country. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about PSA tools, not necessarily Autotask and ConnectWise, but really some broad of principles that you've learned that apply to implementing any PSA tool. But I guess before we start, you know, we're in the IT industry, we throw all these acronyms around. Um, For anybody who isn't familiar with what a PSA tool is, how would you describe it? So PSA tool, so it it stands for uh, Professional Services Automation. Um, It's really a business management platform or business management tool. So if you think about it like a, a mini ERP um, so something that you're going to manage your entire business through. So not just managing your service desk, but you're going to manage your, uh, you know, your CRM, your sales, your project management, um, the, the entire business through it right the way through from, from cradle to grave. So once you get that customer in as a lead, manage all of those opportunities, um, you know, create the service desk tickets, manage that life, life cycle of the, uh, of the customer, and then all the way through to billing 
um, as well. So really that, that full kind of complete platform for your business. Mm, and I've heard it, some people have referred to it as their business operating system. It, it's really the, the center of the business is that everything goes through it. Exactly. That's uh, that's pretty much exactly what it what it is for your business. Yeah. So you've helped hundreds of MSPs to make their PSA tools work for them uh, at this stage. Uh, we're both veterans of the industry. We've known each other for a long time. You've spent way more time working with uh, PSA tools than anybody that I know. So you are, as I said at the top of the call, you're really my go-to expert here. Uh, I'm intrigued. What are the major mistakes you see MSPs making when not when they're choosing a PSA tool, Chris? but when they've bought the PSA tool? So, yeah, I think one of the, the, the biggest mistake, really, I think that a lot of MSPs make is they don't implement it correctly. Um, and, and typically that is due to a lack of understanding of the PSA tool. Maybe that's a lack of understanding of what it can actually do for their business. But also, more importantly, things like a lack of time. So they don't have the time to focus on um, or, or have a resource dedicated to doing that implementation. So very often you find that, you know, um, it's the business owner has maybe given that down to the service delivery manager or, or somebody on the service desk. They don't understand what that tool is is designed for. And, and even if that gets articulated down to them from, uh, from the business owner, then very often you find that they just don't have the time to actually sit and and implement this properly across the business. Mm. And why do you think this is? Because obviously, this is a, it's a huge investment uh, of money uh, to begin with for any business to buy a PSA tool. They've, they've obviously seen a need within the business to get more organized, um, you know, to do all the things that we've talked about, uh, to build a business operating system. So they've invested the money in the system. Why do you think that MSPs do not then invest the time to get it working properly? And I think a lot of it was, um, you know, as as I said earlier, I think it's it's really a lack of understanding. So, you know, they might put it in as a service desk, and they do really well in getting the service desk element of that installed. So they might they might, you know, get certain parts of it integrated. Um, but the the problem is then what ends up happening is um, the the rest of the business just isn't isn't using that CRM correctly, mm. um, and and very often that's either a lack of time. Or, or a lack of understanding. Maybe it's the wrong person who's actually putting um, putting that tool in. So, you know, if it's given to the, the service delivery manager, he doesn't have visibility across the entire business. It really needs to be somebody that that has that visibility, that knows and understands the business as a whole, not just the particular area or the, the, the department that they're working in. Mm. So, uh, the PSA tool not being implemented correctly by all departments, that's a big one. But I know you and I have spoke off air and you've mentioned a few different areas and they, saw, they, they all combine, don't they, to, um, uh, uh, to trip up MSPs or implementing PSA tools. What else goes wrong for, for MSPs, typically the businesses you work with? What else goes wrong when they've bought a PSA tool? Um, so, you know, and I think one of the other ones is is not engaging with the staff um, from a, a, a business owner's perspective as to why a PSA tool is important for the business. So, you know, they don't they don't tell their staff what it's used for. Um, and, and a lot of the time, um, you know, especially when it comes to to entering time on tickets, et cetera, um, the service desk guys might think that, you know, the, the business owner is kind of a, this big brother approach trying to, um, you know, get them to, to enter their time so that they can track and see how much um, or, or what they're actually doing in the day, what they're actually working on. Um, so I think a lot of it is, is the buy-in, you know, people just aren't um, buying into to the solution. They're not really um, 
uh, yeah, understanding really why um, what it's for, and and that comes, I really think, from the fact that the business doesn't doesn't engage with it properly. And one of the other big ones we find a lot is that. Um, you know, that customers are not leveraging the integrations correctly. There's so many tools out there that they're using. So, um, uh, you know, to do a, a myriad of other things, whether that be um, an RMM tool or whether it be, um, uh, you know, a documentation tool, whatever the case might be, they're, they're not leveraging those integrations properly. Um, so what that's then doing is giving them, um, uh, not giving them the ability to, um, uh, to kind of make it more efficient and, and for them mm. to work more effectively as well. So, we, the, you know, earlier on, we talked about the PSA tool was effectively the business operating system. It's the hub, isn't it, that everything else sort of uh, connects into. So, this could be huge, couldn't it, if uh, um, PSA tool has not got the integrations in place. You've already talked about the RMM, the remote monitoring uh, and, and maintenance tool there. You talked about the documentation, but we've also got things like finance, um, you know, invoicing, those type of things as well. What are some of the uh, you know, what are some of the mistakes that MSPs are making when they're choosing their PSA tool? If we can rewind just a little bit there, um, because surely at the, uh, the stage where they're choosing the PSA tool, they ask, hey, do you integrate with all these tools I've already got? Or is that not the case? Uh, actually, I think that um, the, the mistake they make is, is exactly that. They don't really, um, they, they have all these other tools. They, they don't know that they need to use a PSA tool because they think that they can do a lot of um, the functions that they're looking to do within the business with those other tools that they have. So, yeah, I think um, when they're choosing a, a PSA tool and they've got other um, other tools, they typically don't really know what a PSA tool is, is for. Uh, they might find that they can do a lot of what they're trying to do with those tools. Um, and, and very often they are doing a lot with those tools. And I think, again, they, um, you know, having to then learn a whole PSA tool and having to learn a whole new um, way of doing things is is really confusing for a lot of um, a lot of companies. But personally, I think what they need to do is choose the PSA tool first in their business. So, you know, if I was to start an MSP business again from scratch, the very first thing I'd do is look at a PSA tool. I'd try and understand what that PSA tool is going to do for my business, and what do I need to do through that PSA tool. So, do I need to do um, invoicing? They all do invoicing, but not all of them do. All the other parts of the accounting uh, system as well. So really, it's kind of having an understanding of what do I want the PSA tool to do, and then choosing the PSA tool based on that and implementing that in the business. Mm, that makes absolute sense. Many of the MSPs that I see, and I'm sure it's the same for you, Chris, um, they leave the PSA tool till last, don't they? They get an RMM tool. That's usually the first thing. And of course, they've got an accounts package. We mentioned a documentation platform. There's IT Glue and, and other tools like that out there as well. Um, uh, and then they get a PSA tool, don't they? And it's like, right, uh, the PSA tools, uh, you know, the point of getting the PSA tool is to make everything more efficient. But suddenly they struggle because they're going, well, we've got all this information in other areas and we need to get at it. So how do they go about making sure that these integrations work properly? Is it the, uh, is it the, um, the challenge for the MSP to, to do on their own? Is it a challenge for the PSA vendor? Or is it something that needs to be worked on by all parties, including those, you know, the third-party tools like the RMM vendors? Uh, yeah, actually, that's a really good question. And I think it, it is really all, all parties, um, you know, and all the big um, tools that you've mentioned, you know, the, the IT glue, all the RMM tools, all already have built-in integration into pretty much all the PSA tools um, already. Um, 
But, you know, there are certain tools that, that MSPs might want to use that aren't integrated. So they can use other things like Zapier or one of those other tools to, to do that integration. Um, but very much, I think the onus is, is on the MSP to actually get that integration set up and make sure that that integration is working. And, and actually, you know what, most of the time it's a, it's a click of a button or a couple of clicks of a button and, and everything's implemented. Um, the, the biggest thing, especially with, with RMM tools, I think where, um, where it falls over, certainly on the, on the integration side is, you know, you may have been using your, your RMM tool uh, or, or even your accounting package for a long time. So you might have your, your customers, your contacts uh, listed differently in one of those tools to what you would have in your PSA tool. And, and that's the reason why um, an integration would fail because very often they'll just turn the integration on and not actually map the fields correctly together. So, uh, you know, whatever tool it is, we'll then see that as a brand new contact, a brand new account and create that, um, you know, in, in the PSA tool itself. So, um, and, and that's, I think, really where the problem comes when you when you choose the PSA last after you've got all these other tools in place, right? It's it's really important to make sure that that is the first thing that you do. And, and if you do have these other tools, I know we're talking to, to MSPs here that probably aren't using a PSA tool, but might be using the likes of IT Glue or or a, an RMM tool. Um, it's just really important at that point to make sure that, you know, you, know, you understand what information one needs to come in from both those two tools. Um, you know, what do you want to push in from IT Glue into Autotask and what do you want to push in from Autotask into IT Glue, for example? Um, and then just make sure that you map your, uh, your accounts correctly in, in each one of those tools. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And that's that's fundamental, isn't it? Just making sure that the data on each of these disparate systems um, uses the same formatting. You know, so the client on one system can match the client on the other system. It, it seems so simple, but it's a massive gotcha, isn't it? And I, I guess you must see that all the time where MSPs have tried to implement and perhaps they've got, you know, name formats slightly differently in different systems or customer names. You know, it could be uh, Chris Tim Limited on their PSA tool, but it could be be Chris Tim incorporated on another tool and, and things like that. Is, that must be frustrating for you to, to deal with. It is. And, you know, although a lot of the time um, when I go in and actually do these kinds of implementations and integrations for, for customers, that's the first thing we do, right, is we'll sit down and we'll actually um, understand their business, understand what tools they're using, where they're using those tools. And then we'll look through both of those tools and say, okay, you know, we can see that they listed this particular way in, say, um, IT Glue, for example, and maybe they listed in a particular different way in in Autotask. So then we can start to look and say, um, uh, you know, I'll work with them or work with whichever department it is and say, you know, is that actually the same company or should that be a new company? And let's map those um, at, accordingly. Um, I think a lot of the, the the problem also comes, and I've had this quite a few times, where people change a, a, um, an RMM tool. And that's really, really one of the biggest things because the RMM tool will obviously go into the PSA tool and store that configuration item or that asset. So what will then happen is... Um, you know, the new RMM tool, they'll install an agent, for example, and that agent will then recreate that, that product again because the new, um, the new PSA or the new, sorry, the new RMM tool doesn't always then map to the, the um, configuration item that's already there. So that we see quite a lot, um, you know, when, when people are changing over tools. Um, and even though they do have a mapping, that doesn't always work all the time. 
Got it. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we've most, mostly focused there on sort of PSA and RMM tools integrated. And of course, I want to I want to touch on all the other integrations that we've got there. But I guess it does beg the question. You know, uh, we mentioned the uh, at the top of our call, uh, Autotask, Connectwise, two of the big players are there. Most of the MSP vendors seem to be getting to a stage now where they're not only pro- uh, uh, producing a PSA tool, but they're also producing their own RMM tool. Autotask went out and bought Centra Stage, for instance the Autotask Endpoint Management, uh, ConnectWise bought LabTech. So my, I guess my question for you is, Chris, is are you a fan of the open approach where you can use any RMM tool, any PSA tool, or would you recommend that um, MSPs go with uh, RMM and PSA tool from the same vendor? That's a really good question. You kind of put me on the spot. And I'm going to put you on the spot. You're my friend. We've known each other a long time. I'm going to do that to you. Absolutely. And so, so personally, I, I think um, having both tools from from one vendor can be a really good thing. Um, you know, obviously, we were talking about Autotask. Obviously, they've done a really good job of integrating the two tools to become almost one tool, if you like. So, you know, the dashboards that they have um, – you can do that remote takeover directly from from within their tool. Um, so I do think it's a it's a good idea. Although I do also in some ways think that um, you know PSA vendors should focus on what they they're good at. Mm. They should focus on being a PSA vendor. Um, you know, and an RMM vendor should focus on on being an RMM vendor because they both do do that side of their business really really well. And I think they should talk a lot a lot more together and make the integrations better. And, and the PSA tool should allow the third-party vendors to integrate better into their product. Yeah, that, that's a good answer. I like that there. So, uh, And it's very very similar to my own thinking in that I, I always tell MSPs when they ask me that question, you can't actually go wrong, whoever, whichever PSA tool, whichever RMM tool, all of the ones on the market are, are really, really good at what they do. But there's definitely pros and cons, isn't there, for, for just going and getting uh, both of your tools from one vendor or tools separately. Um, it, it's surprising. Most MSPs assume that if you buy the RMM and the PSA tool from the same vendor, everything's going to go swimmingly. That's not always the case, is it? A- absolutely not. And in fact, I I know, you know, we've mentioned, um, uh, you know, all the times we've mentioned, uh, we've mentioned ConnectWise. And I know that they both have RMM tools, and actually, both of those tools, those RMM tools, integrate with with each other's products actually really, really well. So there really isn't a need for for anybody to buy, um, you know, Lab Tech from Connectwise if they're um, uh, or buy, uh, you know, buy the tool from the same vendor. So really. Um, you know, there's no reason why you couldn't use ConnectWise um, or, or Harmony or any of those other tools and use AEM or, or Data RMM as it's as it's now called. Yeah, because yeah. the integration works with, with you know on on all of those um, those platforms. And you know, even if that integration isn't quite what you want it to be, a lot of them have um, APIs, so you can absolutely develop that integration yourself. And then there are tools that I mentioned earlier on, something like Zapier, that allows you to do a lot of those integrations yourself. Yeah, yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And I say a lot of the MSPs, when they buy both of the RMM and the PSA tools from one vendor, um, it's typically for commercial purposes, or they like the idea of having one vendor to speak to. You know, it doesn't necessarily come down to just the integration. So so I I don't want to labor too much on that point. Um, 
I want to pick up on something you said there. So at, at the start of the call, I mentioned, you know, the big players at Autotask and ConnectWise. They're, they're not the only players in town, though, are they, when it comes to uh, PSA tools? You you mentioned one that I'm a big fan of that I think is a really great next-gen PSA tool. That's Harmony. There are other tools such as Computicate out there. How do you see the lay of the land for the PSA uh, tools at the moment? What sort of tools are you seeing floating to the surface? Absolutely, and and actually, you know what? I'm I'm with you on this. I think that um one of one of my favorite PSA tools, and I'm probably shooting myself in the foot by saying <laughs> this, but but is actually um, Harmony. I really love what those guys are doing. Um, you know, their their product is is amazing. Now that's a that's an example of a you know of a PSA company that that doesn't have an RMM tool, but yet they integrate with with all the other tools. They integrate with Continuum. They integrate with um. Uh, you know, Ninja RMM, all of these other tools. So um, I really think they're gaining a lot of ground in this industry. Um, I think that tool is certainly from what I've seen and certainly working with them quite extensively. Um, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people um, liking what they do um, and they are very, very different. They've, they actually built very, very differently to, to the other PSA tools, to the big players out there. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. I, and, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Harmony. What I will say for anybody who's not come across Harmony before is um, they tend to be aimed at the slightly bigger um, uh, SMB MSPs, don't they? Small business MSPs. So I think, is it a min- minimum 10 seats and above for, for Harmony? Um, it, it was actually, as far as I'm aware, they've lifted that limit. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So it's now, well, it's it's five and above. Yeah. Um, but there are quite a few smaller MSPs I know that are, are using it. In fact, I've, I've actually gone involved with quite a lot of their, um, you know, their implementations for them. Mm. Um, and there are a, a number of smaller MSPs uh, that that are using um, Harmony quite effectively. Yeah, that's interesting. So, uh, you know, uh, Steve Duckworth, the CEO, we interviewed him on a previous episode of Tub Talk. I'm a big fan of the business there. There are other tools that we mentioned as well. So I've come across um, Computicate, uh, uh, based out of um, Holland. Um, have you, are you familiar with other sort of uh, uh, PSA tools on the market, such as uh, Atera, Tigerpaw? You know, do you see a lot of them out there? I, I don't see, certainly I don't see a lot of Tiger Paw in, in the UK. Um, Atera, I'm seeing a lot more with the smaller MSPs, as you say, that, you know, a lot more of the one and two man companies. Now they've got a really interesting model because they are a perfect example of a, of a PSA tool that's actually an RMM tool mm. as well. Um, so they've kind of built both of them, you know, they haven't acquired somebody and, and kind of integrated it in. They've actually built the tool specifically to be a PSA and RMM tool all in one. Um, I'm not familiar with the integrations, whether they would integrate with any of the other RMM tools out there or, or, or any of the other tools we've mentioned, like IT Glue or any of those. Um, but yeah, I, I am seeing quite a lot of those. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of the other tools on the market. I'm not going to call them PSA tools because they're not full-fat, full-blown PSA tools. Um, but for instance, I spent some time with the company Avast recently, um, and Avast uh, bought out many, many years ago a tool that you and I will be familiar with, uh, Level Platforms, uh, Level Platform LPI, and they've got almost like a service desk element built into their RMM tool. So it's not a PSA tool. Um, are, are you familiar with these solutions? I know that SolarWinds have got something similar. They've got a service desk element. What's your thoughts on those sort of PSA light tools? To, to be honest with you, I wouldn't actually call those a PSA tool at all. Um, that's really a service desk. 
Yeah. So, you know, if, if, if what you're looking for in, in a business is a PSA tool, then my opinion is those aren't really the, the tools to go for. Um, they're great at, at service desk. You know, if you want to do that service delivery for your customer, you want to be able to create tickets, they, they're great tools for that. But when it comes to, to kind of using it as that business operating system that we were mentioning earlier on and, and seeing those, um, uh, you know, the, the efficiencies, um, uh, you know, for your business, then I, I would say that those aren't really the right uh, tools to use in that particular instance. Yeah, that, that's, I, I think I would broadly agree with that. What, when would you say is the right time then for somebody who's got perhaps a service desk tool in? Uh, maybe one of those tools, maybe a homebrew tool, because we see a lot of people who have created their own service desk from SharePoint or a CRM system. What are the tipping points that you see where uh, people should be looking to move from one of those tools into a full-blown PSA tool? I, I really think that's, that's down to growth in the company. So I, I know there's a lot of small one- and two-man band companies using PSA tools. I used to use one when I had an MSP business. Um, but, you know, I, I certainly think it's really going to be of benefit to your business as, as you're growing, as you're scaling out. Um, because what it's going to give you is that visibility across across the board in your business. So, you know, anyone from, from sales is going to be able to see what Service Desk is doing. They have that visibility where, um, you know, they can see all of that fr- uh, from the point of view of of projects, they can then see all of those projects across the board. And then it makes you much more efficient when it comes to billing as well. So you can start to create those tickets at that time and then just click a few buttons and it generates an invoice. Hmm. So so actually in saying that, I think that's also, um, it, it really should be used even with a smaller business because it just makes you a lot more efficient. And I, you know, I remember the days when I used to sit down and, and enter time in a, um, uh, you, you know, a standalone service desk product on its own. And then I'd come to the office and have to enter all of these invoices and I'd spend hours trying to figure out what was going on. As soon as I put a PSA tool in, it just saved me so much time. It yeah. went from me using my entire weekend uh, to to do the billing to literally, you know, half an hour because everything was captured properly. All the time was captured where it should be. And I could just click a few buttons and generate an invoice. And that made me so much more effective and so much more efficient as a company. And then I could start to report across the board. So now I can start to see those customers that, um, you know, perhaps aren't profitable. Um, and we can then start to run those reports and gather that information much more quickly than we would be able to do if we were just using a service desk on its own. So this is fascinating to me. You and I have followed a very similar path. You know, we've built MSPs, we've sold MSPs. I've not jumped in and done the, you know, the the, the vendor thing uh, in the same way that you have, but you've been very, very successful at that. And we now both work with MSPs. And I think we're both in agreement. If anybody wants to read between the lines, let us make it absolutely clear for you here. A PSA tool is probably the very first thing that you and I would put in place if we were to start an MSP again, isn't it? For all of the reasons that you mentioned. Absolutely. In fact, when I am, um, so, so part of what I do in, in Sundela right now, um, I actually accidentally started an MSP business again. Um, <laughs> so I do have a few MSP. How, how do you accidentally start an MSP? <laughs> well, it, it, it kind of happened that when I started back out on my own after leaving Autotask, um, some of the customers that I used to deal with wanted uh, or, or were looking to to change IT providers. They came back to me and said, could you help us? And I was like, I don't really want to do this, but okay. Um, so I kind of actually do have an MSP business running in, in the background. Um, and, and I'm using a PSA tool to run that business. 
Yeah. And that, that's fascinating, actually, because it means that you're, you're still in there at the coalface doing things, aren't you? So you, you use the product and see the problems that other MSPs have. Absolutely. And I think that's why, um, you, you know, I can go out there and, and see all of those issues that, that MSPs have. I can identify with those issues because, as you say, I'm seeing those every single day. Yeah. Um, and, I, and then I'm able to, to show them how it actually it works in my business and how efficient and effective I can be. I mean, technically, I'm a one-man band and, you know, my business just, well, that side of the business just runs smoothly without me doing anything. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. No plans there to grow uh, a huge MSP, then, Chris. You've you've taken you've <laughs> you've become an accidental MSP, taking these customers on. I presume you're focusing on the PSA consulting side of things and not the MSP side. I, I am, yeah. So as I said, that was an accident. It's it's literally about three customers, so it's not it's it's nothing major. Not going to set the world on fire. Um, and, and actually, to be honest, they they're all small companies, sort of three or four man companies. Yeah. Um, you know some friends that I had from, from previous days. So nothing special. Um, you know, I'm not, I have absolutely no aspirations and no plans to grow the MSP business in any way, shape or form, but I'm quite happy to keep it ticking over. Um, because as you say, it just keeps me, um, uh, at the cold face, keeps me working with those customers. And then it also gives me the opportunity to test out new tools. So I can test out things like continuum. I can test out things like it glue and I can use those for real. Yeah, yeah, it makes absolute sense. And knowing you as long as I have, you are one of the nicest guys in the industry. <laughs> so I can Thank well you. see how uh, how you've had your arm bent into doing some MSP uh, uh, stuff for people as well. Let's focus uh, on the PSA implementation side of things. So you've you've acquired a great reputation when you're at Autotask. You've helped hundreds of MSPs over the years to implement their PSA tools. But I'm going to put you on the spot again here, Chris. Uh, honestly. Um, most MSPs that I speak to believe that uh, when they buy a PSA tool, it's going to fix all of their problems. And then they sort of get frustrated at the, at the PSA vendors when that isn't the case. Why do why would an MSP need to work with a third party like yourself to implement their PSA tools as opposed to um, the PSA vendors not doing it all for them? That's a, a, a great question. And that comes back to what I said right in the beginning about it not being implemented correctly. You know, a lot of that is is a lack of time. So they just don't have the time within their business to have somebody dedicated to it. Because as you say, you know, it takes a, a long time to implement it. Um, it's not something, you know, um, with, with a wizard base that you can just go next, 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 finished, and it's all installed. It really does take the time. It takes the understanding of your business. So bringing in a third-party company that can kind of have that objective view on your business and, and look at every single department and really understand how every single department works and how every single department is going to use it and where the handoff comes from one department to the other, um, that, that's really key. It's really crucial to, to work with somebody. Now, whether that be the PSA vendor themselves. A lot of the PSA vendors do have those people that they can actually send out to do that. Um, but again, in, in you know, without being sort of disrespectful to any of those guys, a lot of them haven't run PSA, uh, MSP businesses. So they don't really understand how an MSP business works. They understand the PSA tool really, really well, and they understand how to implement the MSP tool, uh, but they don't understand how to actually, how that MSP runs. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And I think you've uh, very respectfully hit the nail on the head there. You know, when I speak to MSPs uh, um, about implementing a PSA tool the, and, and they haven't chosen to go with a PSA vendor, quite often the answer comes back as to why they've not done that. They don't really understand our business. And I think the, the PSA vendors are very, very good. They are... Uh, wholly embedded in the MSP industry, but there's actually, there's no replacement for having that experience of running an MSP yourself, is there? Absolutely. And again, hence the reason why I'm still doing it, um, you know, even though as an accidental MSP, um, you know, just just to to almost be able to say to customers, look, I, I am you, right? I know I, I'm doing this every day. I'm running an MSP business um, and I really understand what your pain points are. So I can come in and help you and work with every department, but I'm looking at your business objectively. So I'm, you know, I'm not the guy who's, who is the service desk guy who's only interested in the, in the service desk. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the entire business from, from start to finish. So I'm going to sit down and spend um, some time with every single one of those, um, those departments. And actually I'm working with a customer right now that's just signed us on for a, um, you know, a long-term contract with them. So essentially what we started doing is, is that initial scoping call. We sat down with them, um, looked at every single aspect of their business, looked at every single thing that they wanted to do and, and what they wanted to achieve out of, out of the tool. Um, and in the new year, for me to go in and really start to sit down with each one of those teams and say, okay, how do you currently do it now? And let's take that and replicate that in the in the PSA tool. And then, but also having that understanding of how all the other departments work and where that handoff is going to happen. So once, you know, you might have done a... Um, uh, a sales call, for example, with a pre-sales ticket against that. So what happens when that opportunity is closed? Where does that go? So then it then flows into into the project team. And then how does the project team hand that over to, to the accounting team? What needs to happen? What needs to be in place in order for the accounting team to go in and click a few buttons and actually generate that, that invoice? So I work with every single department and help them to really understand how the other departments and the other teams within the company work as well. Fascinating. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I was just thinking, um, you know, given the situation we talked about, whether to, whether MSPs might choose the PSA uh, implementation from the from the vendor or whether to go to you. Actually, I would imagine you've got a really good relationship with all of the PSA vendors because you're effectively helping their tools become a lot more sticky within the MSPs. Uh, you know, if the MSPs are using their PSA tool effectively, um, they're still they're going to continue paying the vendors for it. Uh, um, uh, so you must have a great relationship with those. Uh, PSA vendors. Exactly. I mean, certainly with, um, you know, with Autotask, obviously I'm known at Autotask um, or, or Datto as they are now. Um, but yeah, and in fact, this this one I'm talking to was actually referred to me by Autotask themselves. So they, um, you know, they actually gave me that, um, that recommendation or gave that company the recommendation for me to come in and work with them. Um, but yeah, I'm working very, very extensively with, with Harmony, with ConnectWise, um, you know, and and they're they're using me exactly for that reason to go in and engage with um with their their customers because that creates stickiness for them. So um, if I can get it implemented properly, that customer is never going to leave. They're going to stay with that PSA vendor, um, you know, pretty much forever. Yeah, yeah. So I can see why you're so popular within the industry. You are the man who makes it happen. Um, in terms of uh, geography, the type of MSPs that you work with, um, it, you know, is there any size? Is there any part of the world that you work with? Or are you, is, is Chris Tim gone global now? Um, 
I've gone global. Um, <laughs> we, we actually work with, um, with with MSPs all over the place. So um, I can go down as far as London. You know, jump on a on a train. It's easy to get to London. But one of the great things with PSA tools, as as you know, with any cloud based application. Um, a lot of the time, certainly to do the back-end stuff, you don't actually need to be in front of the customer to do that. So a lot of it we can do over Zoom, we can do over WebEx, whatever the case might be. Um, but when I do need to go to the office, I can um, just jump on a train, get to London, get to Birmingham, wherever I need to go, and actually work for the day or, or two with that customer. So um, I actually did an implementation for a customer in, um, in South Africa, um, and we did the entire thing over Zoom. So we spent, you know, a few hours just sharing the screen on Zoom and going through um, actually implementing it and getting it working for them. Um, and, and their team was sitting in, in their boardroom watching on the big screen. So I didn't even have to actually be in the office to do that. Wow, fantastic, sir. And, and one, of, one of your other recent successes, I'll give you plaudits for, so you've recently been elected, haven't you, to the, uh, to the CompTIA UK Channel Community Board? I have yes. Um, that was uh, that was something that was really, really, very close to my heart. Um, I think, as as you know, I think you and I were pretty much the the founders of the um, the EC in the UK um, many, many years ago. I think there was twelve or thirteen people around a table, and that was the the community. So, um, you know, like yourself, I got a very, very special place in my heart for um, for the MSP community. So, um, yeah, I was really, really excited and really. Um, you know, honoured to have been elected to sit on the EC. Oh, fantastic. I know community has played a big part in both of our business, um, you know, growing our MSP businesses and what we do now. So congratulations on that. I'm, I'm excited to see what you do with the uh, CompTIA community going forward. Thanks, Rich. Cool, cool. So we're coming to the end of our time today. I know you've got to uh, dash off and help more MSPs get their PSA tools implemented. Um, for anybody listening to our call today who perhaps wants to reach out and find out a little bit more, where can they find you on the interwebs? Okay, so they can visit our website, which is sondelaconsulting.com. Um, they can visit on Twitter. So I'm Tegwin or Sondela Consulting on Twitter, or they can get me on uh, LinkedIn or Facebook. Or, of course, they can ask you and, uh, and you can put them in touch with me. <laughs> Happy to do that, mate. So we'll include all of the links to all of the tools that we've mentioned, all of the resources, uh, and all of Chris's contact details in the show notes for this episode that you can find across on Tublog. Chris, I'm so pleased, first of all, to see you're happily married, settled down there uh, in, in that, part, that beautiful part of the world that you live in uh, with Tracy there. Um, so congratulations on that. And secondly, congratulations on all of your success within the industry. You're one of the nicest guys that I know. Um, you, you've just got a big heart and you help MSPs in all manner of ways, giving freely of your time and experience. So it's fantastic to see you thriving as well. Awesome. Thanks for those words, Rich. Really appreciate it. Uh, well, thanks for joining me today. That's all we've got time for today. And we'll look forward to speaking to you next time. Hey folks, Richard here. Thanks for listening today. I know you've got a ton of options for who you listen to nowadays, so I really appreciate your support. Do you have any feedback on this episode? Ideas for future guests? Tweet me at Tublog using the hashtag TubTalk. I respond to every tweet and really appreciate your feedback.
Richard here and I wanted to give a really big shout out and to say a huge thank you to our friends at Avast for bringing this episode to you. In the face of increasingly complex threats targeting small and medium businesses, yesterday's methods are no longer enough. Cybersecurity must be quicker, smarter and more reliable than ever before. Avast Business provide a range of powerful, easy to deploy security products and management platforms designed for IT solution providers and managed service providers. Avast Business offer a variety of cybersecurity products that are MSP friendly. You can choose from standalone antivirus products, managed antivirus products, cloud care for layered endpoint and network security services, backup and recovery, content filtering, email security, patch management, and a management console to easily deploy endpoint protection solutions to devices in your client networks. These solutions are all backed by the largest, most globally dispersed threat detection network in the world. If you've not checked out Avast's Secure Internet Gateway, then I'd recommend taking a look at the video demo that Avast's Paul Fenwick and I recorded. It delivers a full security stack as a service that protects users wherever they go. With 30 years as a leading cybersecurity company and over 435 million active users of Avast products, if you haven't already taken a look at what Avast Business is offering, now might be the time. Visit tublog.co.uk forward slash Avast for links to all the details. 